0: Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another episode. And this week we do Blind Guardians Imagination from the Other Side, celebrating a 25th anniversary with a re-release. Uh, but before we get to that, bud, how are you, man? Good, good. How was your holiday? Good, good. It was uh, it was really, really nice. Relaxing, uh, you know, sort of, but it was... Uh, Different, different than most years. I think I speak for everybody when I say I look forward to returning to some semblance of normalcy in 2021. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, have you... Uh, I, I believe we had talked offline. You had the chance to listen to the new Ronnie Atkins single, Real. Yeah, it was, very, it
1: was great. Um, so Ronnie Atkins is the uh, longtime singer of the band Pretty Maids, and he has uh, fallen under poor health, unfortunately. He had... Um, a cancer scare. He came out of it, was in remission and now it's back. And they're telling him that it's i I'm fairly certain. They told him that it was going to be terminal. And he, um, he had never had any uh, plans to make a a solo album in his career, but I think, you know, what's going on in his life now has caused him to kind of reassess that decision. So uh, uh, he put out a new single, um, uh what what was it in the name of the single? Please uh refresh. It was minute. not, I believe it was called Real. It was yes. uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um just, you know, if you're a fan of, of Pretty Maids and you know Ronnie's voice from you know Adventasia, um definitely just give it a listen. It, it's just pretty solid, uh melodic hard rock, I would say, melodic metal. Um in the vein of what you'd probably hear pretty maids do, but a little bit more stripped down.
0: And and what's interesting is I had no idea, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more, he actually does backing vocals on imaginations from the other side. So I thought it was kind of timely to to talk about his new release. And and I think that uh, if we ever do a long form Pretty Maids episode, we can go into more detail. But you have a pretty funny Ronnie Atkins story from when you met him a couple years ago. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget it. Um, I had really not been very aware of Pretty Maid's even though they had been around since the early 80s and and when they were announced to play at Prog Power USA I uh started listening to them trying to get myself familiar with them and I I ended up becoming a huge fan. I I, I don't know how that band passed me by for as long as it did but um I, by the time Prog Power rolled around like it was the set I was most excited for I had such a blast watching them. Uh, I was standing right next to you as a matter of fact. And um, that was so just such a cool set. And uh, afterwards we were in the the hotel courtyard and you, you ran up to me and you're like, uh, Rodney Atkins is just like sitting down at one of the high top tables outside and just like talking to people. And so I just like got in this line of people and I went up to him and I was like, Hey Ronnie, uh, I'm like a new fan of the band, but man, I've just become such a huge fan. And he was like, Oh, that's great. And he like, like opened up his arms. Like he was going to hug me. So I was like, all right. So I like gave him a hug and the dude kissed me right on the cheek. And <laughs> I go back over to you and you're like, did Ronnie Atkins just kiss you? I'm like, yeah, I think I, I think he
0: did. I'm never going to wash this face again. And I have it. I I have such vivid memories of that. Well, I'd say night, but I think it was probably three o'clock in the morning by that point, but I have such vivid memories of that. Uh, and I was just so upset when I heard that he had gotten sick and uh, you know, it seemed like he had kicked out, but, you know, it, he may have gotten some more bad news, but he was just the nicest guy. And I think he was just so humbled to be in the United States and playing for the American audience. Uh, and, and then obviously to hear that people were still discovering his stuff and, and his music, which was, you know, obviously really touching for him. He was he was a really nice guy. And that's something that I'll never forget. And, you know, you haven't washed your face in probably about seven or eight years now. So that's that's that says everything you need to know right there.
1: Yeah, I'm amazed that uh, anybody even wants to come near me these days. <laughs>
0: um, a couple of other things. I just wanted to uh, to mention two other bands that uh, released some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, there's a band out of Brazil called Daydream 11. They're a heavier progressive metal band. They, uh, they just released their new single. It's called Poison uh, from an album that's due out um, early next year, I believe. Really, really excited to hear these guys play again. I I hadn't heard uh, any new material from them in in a couple of years, so I was excited to hear that. We'll post the link um – We'll post a link to the band, you know, in, in the comments section. And another band that I thought was uh, interesting was a melodic death metal band out of Croatia called Inceptor. They had released uh, a music video for an album called, or I should say a song called Golden Throne uh, last month. And they have an album um, that's, I believe, just came out called Universe uh, really, really interesting stuff. You know, typical uh, melodic death metal with Cookie Monster vocals, but it's it's well done. And and if you go to their YouTube page, they've actually done a number of other covers, and they run the gamut. They've done Amorphous, Symphony X, Carcass. I mean, like all over the place. But these guys clearly have some talent, and I look forward to hearing from them uh, in the near future. So, just a couple of things that I wanted to talk about before we get into imaginations. Uh, but with that said, let's let's get into the reason why we're here. Imaginations from the Other Side came out in 1995. Uh, I believe it was June of 1995 when, when it actually um, was released or April of 95, I'm sorry, April of 95 that it was actually released and and we're celebrating a 25th anniversary for this album. Uh, Do you remember when you first heard it or, or I guess when you first heard blind guardian uh, in general? Yeah. So this was
1: uh, one of those albums that just passed me by for a long time. Uh, My first blind guardian album was Nightfall in Middle Earth, um, which I just kind of bought on a whim. Um, I think I had seen it just in a store, and I was just like, oh, I'll just, uh, you know, give this a whirl. Cause, you know, Blind Guardian was a fairly well known band in the power metal realm. And I had heard Hanzi do guest vocals with uh, Ed Guy on their Vinglory Opera album. So, I, they were kind of a grower for me. Um, I didn't love the album at first just because, um, his vocals were just so unique, but like, I just couldn't, I couldn't grab onto it right away. I, I, I hear a lot of people say the same thing about when they hear Geddy Lee from rush. They're just like either love him or you hate him, I guess. And, uh, it took me some time, but I, I really grew to love, love Hansi's vocals. So, um, from there, I picked up Somewhere Far Beyond. And so this Imaginations album kind of nestles right in between those two. It's kind of like a really impressive three albums in a row, just three really, really strong albums. Um, it wasn't until uh, Blind Guardian announced that they were going to be playing this album in its entirety at uh, Prague Power USA, once again, talking about Prog Power. Um, and once again knowing that i was going to hear it uh i went back and i listened to the album a few times and um i felt pretty sheepish for waiting as long as i did to listen to it because it's really a fantastic album and when it was announced i was just kind of like oh like you know, it couldn't have been nightfall or it couldn't have been somewhere far beyond and now in retrospect i'm so glad that they ended up playing this album because it was one of the best sets i ever got to see at uh, center stage in Atlanta just fantastic start to finish
0: I had a very similar experience I first heard them in the late 90s uh when I bought Nightfall and Middle Earth and it was one of those bands that was kind of lumped into the German power metal scene with a gamma ray or a Halloween and I just figured you know being a huge fan of both of those bands this was like the next logical you know extension of you know that German power metal and I first heard Nightfall and obviously the 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 tolkien um, lyrics that 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 are you know kind of prevalent throughout their entire catalog really but the the story that Nightfall was telling, I thought it was really, really unique but very very well done. And I think that while there are some filler tracks on that album, I just that to me was always the pinnacle for Nightwish at the time in the, in the late nineties. And I, I just, you know, songs like mirror mirror and, and nightfall were just stuff that I just listened to on repeat, you know, back in late 1998, 1999. And, and I, I, I liked the sound and, and obviously you mentioned Hansi's vocals, which were um, very, very unique. I was not used to hearing that almost like thrashy power metal, almost like a walls of Jericho type sound. Um, from from another german band at the time because i think that you know bands like halloween and gamma ray kind of polished up their sound over the years whereas blind guardian was still pretty uh crunchy and thrashy even 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 in the late even in the late 90s but but, but i bring that up because i too listened to somewhere far beyond as my second blind guardian album and you know that another album with just some fantastic fantastic tracks I, I kind of skipped over this album as well. But the first time I remember hearing a lot of songs from it was back in 2002 when I saw them live, um, actually at their first North American show at the Prague Power Festival. They they had never played, and I was surprised to hear this, they had never played a, a US show before, but they headlined that festival. Um, and, and they were one of the reasons that I went down to Atlanta, but admittedly, not the number one reason. And quite frankly, probably not the fourth or fifth reason that show had bands like Angra doing their first American show, Gamma Ray, Pain of Salvation, Threshold. I mean, these were bands that I was a huge fan of in the late 90s and early 2000s. Blind Guardian was almost the cherry on top for me to get me down to Atlanta. But when they played the show, they actually wound up playing, I think, five songs from Imaginations during their headlining set. Uh, and that was my first exposure to this album, hearing it in a live setting. And it was fantastic. Um, I, I don't recall if you saw, I know you were at the show. I don't remember if you saw that set, but what, what a what a fantastic job they did.
1: Yeah, I, I actually um, didn't see the set, but I heard the entire thing. I was actually outside. So this was back when at center stage they didn't have the vendor room and and everyone was just on the in the lobby i guess you would call it of the venue where the bars were um the 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 merch guys were selling their CDs right there um it was like really crowded like there was just tables of people selling CDs and people walking around it was really tight and i remember i was just uh standing at the bar talking to somebody um, just having like a long-winded conversation about whatever, and um, and I heard the whole set from right next to the door, and it was just like amazing. It sounded so good, and I wasn't really even a big fan of the band yet at the time. Um, but yeah, I definitely remember just hearing it right next to the door, like like the whole set, but never actually like went inside to see what was going on. It was just listening, just because. Uh, like you said, there were so many other bands that were a priority for me, including uh, Ed Guy, who I
0: don't think you mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? I mean, yeah. they, they were at the top of the list as well. It's, it's, I mean, what a lineup that was. But this, this, like I said, my first exposure to songs like A Past and Future Secret, Bright Eyes, Imaginations, you know, the, the title track, Wardred Song, The Script for My Requiem. And, and that was all nestled in between a bunch of songs from Nightfall, uh, Somewhere Far Beyond, The Night at the Opera. I mean, they really hit everything up until that point for this show and, and and it was my first real exposure and I couldn't believe how tight they were and Hanzi's vocals live it, it was like listening to him on the on the albums it was it was that impressive um and it was something that stuck with me and it's it, it's funny even to this day and, and we'll get into the album in a second but even to this day one of the best live bands around and a band that I never miss or I try not to miss uh when they're touring but by the same token, I don't listen to a lot of Blind Guardian on disc even to this day, and I'm not sure why because whenever I listen to it, I, I wind up just falling in love again for the first time. But I, I haven't listened to this album in its entirety in years um, or any Blind Guardian album for that matter just because – I don't know. I, it's, and I, I'm i embarrassed to say I feel like it's something that I should be listening to more because I love it, but I just I, – it's something I just always pass over for something else. I, I don't know why. I feel like
1: an album like this is kind of a victim, at least from a per- on a personal level, of becoming a metal fan, like later into a, a band's existence. Uh, because, like for me, like I started listening to-, to metal in 1997, and by that point, Blind Guardian had already had a number of albums. So, you know, you're playing catch up at that point, um, and there's so yeah, many bands, perfect, you know, perfect, you're
0: like. Right? You have, you have new power metal bands that are coming out right. at that time. So, Sonata, Artica, Rhapsody. All these bands are coming out with their first album. And then to go back was kind of like, you know, like you said, it's right. a victim of the fact that they were, they were so experienced and had so many albums at this
1: and, point. And, I, and you know, I'm going back and I'm listening to all the old Halloween albums and all the old Sabotage albums. and And, you know, we're teenagers and we only have so much money and we only have so much time. And there's no Spotify, there's no YouTube. So it's just a matter of if you can get your hands on on a disc. Uh, So again, like, this just just happens to be one of those things that I guess for both of us fell through the cracks because maybe somebody said, you're going to want to listen to somewhere far beyond. And so you grab that first or or whatever. Um, You know, and like you said, there's new things coming out. and, And like I had grabbed Nightfall in Middle Earth when it came out in 1998. Cause at that point I was a, a metal fan. So maybe I skipped, maybe I would have gotten imaginations, but nightfall just came out. So went with that instead. And, um, I think I even had night at the opera on disc before I even like listened to imaginations all the way through. So, I mean, it just, again, was just, uh, one of those, I mean, more than yeah, for sure. Like, you know, if, if we had become fans in the early nineties, then we probably would have just, Grabbed this album when it came out in
0: '95, but it just didn't happen to work out that way. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 timing more than anything else. What's what's interesting is the band, the lineup on this album is almost the same as the lineup currently, and by that I mean Hansi's uh, you know unique vocal style on top of the music, and he he and Andre the guitar player Andre Ulbrich. They write all the songs, right? And and Andre is still with the band. And honestly, one of one of the things that stood out to me on this particular disc, maybe even more so than any of their older releases, he is such an underrated guitar player. My God, the guy is so talented. And his leads are are unlike any other band. And when I say that, it's because when he does a guitar solo, you know it's an Andre Ulrich guitar solo. And that's on almost every track on this album. I definitely noticed
1: that... Um even though this album came out in 1995, there were definitely parts of it that hearken back to the, the very early speed metal days of blind guardian. Um, and a lot of that is in that that guitar work. Um, yes. It, it's, it's kind of cool. Cause it's kind of like this album kind of is almost like a bridge between the older sound of blind guardian and them becoming a little bit more mature, as far as like adding more orchestrations and making the music a little more, uh, a little more dramatic, but while keeping kind of that folksy element to it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Um, Just rounding out the lineup uh, and I'm going to butcher the names, but Marcus uh, Seipin, the guitar player, he plays all the rhythm guitars still with the band. And the only guy who's no longer with the band is Toman Stouch, the drum, the drummer. Uh, But interestingly enough, it was, not long after Nightfall came out, a couple of years after Imaginations, when he started his own band, Savage Circus. And if you haven't heard Savage Circus, picture Imaginations from the other side just reincarnated with, um, you know, a, basically a, a who's who of, of power metal, you know, in that band. And I, when I say that, they, they only released two albums, Tom Toman on drums and... Um, Thorsten Hain on guitar, uh, Jens Carlson on vocals, who is probably the closest thing to Hansi in the world of metal, just because his vocals are, I mean, you hate to say it, but they are, they are, they are He's a Hanzi clone. And then you had, uh, Pete Slick from, uh, from Iron Savior on, on guitars and on bass and back, uh, back at some point, I think Mike Tarana was even playing drums for these guys. The, the two Savage Circus discs, Dreamland Manor, which came out in two thousand and five, and then in two thousand nine of of Death uh, of Doom and Death. These albums are literally uh, imaginations from the other side, part two and three, as far as I'm concerned.
1: It's kind of hard to argue it. I remember the first time I heard them, I thought it was Blind Guardian. Yeah, it's
0: it's that it's that close. So if you haven't, and, and we'll post a link this week. Definitely check out some of this Savage Circus material. It still holds up and, and Dreamland Manor is is the best Blind Guardian album that you've never heard. It's <laughs> it's that it's that good. And 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 just while we're on the tangent, uh Jens Carlson's work with Persuader also has such a heavy Blind Guardian vibe to it and then there's a band out of germany called solar fragment which also had two albums uh in, in the 2000s uh, spark of deity in 2007 in our hands in 2011 another blind guardian clone just because of how um i guess unique that the blind guardian style is that you have other bands that come out that are very very similar in style both both recommended both uh you know highly um unique bands you know in the genre but uh really really good stuff and and worth checking out uh when you when you listen to this album again and i know that you obviously saw the whole thing live a couple of years ago do, do any songs really stand out for you more than others or or tell me a little bit about that what songs stick out to you on this disc uh for me i mean i love
1: the how the album just starts out like like just raring to go like you just hear like those orchestrations start out and and the guitars come in and it's like let's just get get going there's not like a you know your your two minute like orchestral symphonic intro that a lot of power metal albums would have like it's just let's just jump in there so the title track track one Imagination's from the other side is a highlight for me i'm alive this is track two um i mean i don't know that there's uh, there's not even like a mediocre song on this album to me like every song is awesome i love uh a past and future secret is such a cool like folky kind of ballad um the script for my requiem is just like a just like a like just a it's just a banger of a song just like start to finish um mordred's song is super super cool born in a morning hall is another like i'm just going down the list one after the other um every song to me is really good
0: i'm a fan of the whole album i would i would argue it's their most complete album And, and by that i mean some people are partial to nightfall Um, because of the concept and everything else and some of the fans of the the earlier speed metal stuff and i totally get it there's some amazing tracks when you go deeper into the discography but this album i think is their most complete album where when you play it from beginning to end you just come away and you're you're shocked at at everything came together in my mind for this album and 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 i'll mention a couple of things in particular for me and i'll and i'll and i'll take the, I'll take it right now. My, my track of the week is I'm alive. I forgot how awesome this song is. You want to talk about a banger. It's the second song on the disc. It's right after the title track, which is the longest song on the album at at over seven minutes. But the the opening riff to I'm alive after the acoustic guitar intro, which is phenomenal. My God. I mean, you want to talk about a, a, a heavy thrashy power metal song, I'm Alive is it for me. I love that song. And I think it's probably one of the most underrated songs in the entire catalog.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a just a fantastic song. And again, like hearing this whole album played live in its entirety. Um they did I remember they did like a couple of songs from different albums and a couple of new songs, maybe three or four. Then they played all of Imaginations, and then they did uh maybe three or four additional tracks at the end, including a bard song, which is always like a fun live sing along with the, the crowd. But um yeah, I'm alive was definitely I mean I just it was it was so funny because like the two times that Blind Guardian played at Prague Power, um the one time I was standing on one side of the door, and the other time I was standing on the other side of the door, and this time I was just standing yeah. right on the inside of the venue, but right next to the door. And I was just leaning up against the wall. And I just was standing there with uh, my friend Knobs. And I just would just like, I have a beer in my hand. And when I finished my beer, one of us would go right over to the bar, get another one, come back in. And I had the best time just standing there and watching blind guardian, just kill it live. The crowd, the whole venue was packed. It was a Thursday night. They were the headline band. The venue was packed to the gills uh, they were hanging from the rafters, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, and um, it it was just like incredible. It's just, I, and that was probably the first time I actually visually saw Blind Guardian play a, a full set, and I was absolutely blown away. And every song from this album came across just fantastically live. Um, it was yeah, really a, a fu- it was just an unbelievable experience and something that I will always remember.
0: I. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Every time I hear these songs, even today, I, I, I just I, – live, I, th- I think they're outstanding and somehow even better than on the disc itself. You know, it's funny you mentioned Gorilla Monsoon. I remember seeing Blind Guardian play at the old WWF restaurant in Times Square, which is no longer there. But you want to talk about a double bill, Symphony X opening for Blind Guardian. And you would say to yourself, how could these two bands be on the same bill? I don't know. I have absolutely no idea, but I remember that show being fantastic. And that was around what, I guess, 2002 or 2003. Um, somewhere in that neighborhood and they just put on the best show. And every time I leave a blind guardian show, I listen to nothing but blind guardian for like a week and a half or two weeks. And then, like I said, I kind of don't listen to them for a while, but every time I jump in, I'm like all in, I, you know, it's, 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 I'm not dipping my toe in the blind guardian pool. I'm, I'm dumping, I'm jumping, you know, face first. That's how good this stuff is uh, to hear it, you know, every now and again. Yeah. One I, thing- I think
1: it's, I think it's worth mentioning too, that like, they haven't stopped being great like the, all their new releases are excellent it's not like yep. they've kind of lost any steam coming into the 21st century i mean they're still releasing fantastic album after fantastic album their last album was like like a two disc or like it's an orchestrated blind guardian album um i mean are there even any like electric guitars on the entire album
0: i don't think so it's all just, yeah, it's just- Right, just the orchestration I know, I know that we had a we had a mutual friend that absolutely I think it might have been his album of the year when it came out he loved it so much it was like listening
1: getting... to like a Hollywood soundtrack like a soundtrack right. to like a lord of the Rings
0: or something like that that's right and it's just they, they see and you have they, they don't unlike other bands they're not releasing album after album after album every year they seem to Meticulously write this stuff and then release an album every three or four years, but it works for them, and that's why I think that there's something there where they're just not pumping out material to get it out there. They, they take their time. They tour around each album. I mean, they've they've headlined Watkins, so you know that they're they're playing in front of large crowds. Uh, and they're just becoming more and more successful with every release. It just they're they it seems like they're they're not uh, in their heyday, but they're just they're just beginning to hit their stride in a number of in a number of ways.
1: No doubt. and, and I just would highly highly recommend uh, their live DVD, which um, they set, they wanted the DVD to be perfect. so they booked the venue and had like a blind guardian festival. And they headline their own festival with the idea that they wanted to film a DVD and have it come out the exactly the way they wanted it to come out. It's called Imaginations Through the Looking Glass, and it came out in 2004. It's awesome. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of concert DVDs and Blu-rays, and um, it's definitely worth watching them play in front of this massive crowd and it's literally called blind guardian fest and it took place in uh, in germany and um it, the band played two nights so i i i think they recorded parts from uh from both nights um so it's it literally says on Wikipedia: The band intended to record a DVD since early 1998. However, due to their high requirements, no existing metal festival had been considered suitable. So, yeah, you, that tells
0: you that want, everything you need to know, yeah, right?
1: You want to talk about, you know, a band that wanted to do do things right. Um, that they did. It was 20 songs. It's over two hours of music. Um, there's a second disc with a bunch of bonus stuff on it. Uh, it's. I give it the highest. Recommendation. It is as far as like live DVDs go. It's so cool. Like it, it's it's, it's, like watching a, it's like watching a it's like watching a Vakin kind of style festival with just a massive amount of people. But I mean,
0: Hansi's just sounds incredible. Uh, again, highly recommended. It's funny you mentioned that they they this. So you talk about wanting to have that perfect sound or that perfect setting, and they obviously toured and played this album in its entirety. I know for a fact the band has been offered to play Nightfall live in its entirety, but they don't believe that they can do it justice. And to this day, that's the reason why they haven't played Nightfall live, at least in its entirety. They certainly touched the album and they play certain songs from it and continue to do so even today, but they just don't think that they can do the album justice, so they haven't done it. But this album just because maybe it's a little bit less orchestration, uh, maybe it's just because the songs are just a little bit easier to reproduce in a live setting. That's how they were able to pull this off and literally do an entire tour around the disc. Um, One of the things that stood out to me, and and this is kind of one of the hallmarks of the Blind Guardian sound, the acoustic guitars that are sprinkled throughout this disc on the intro to I'm Alive, a past and future secret, and even in the beginning of Mordred's song, the acoustic guitars are what just set this album apart from being this thrashy uh, speed metal disc, and really what kind of set the tone for you know, like you said, this transition into the future with the more orchestration and stuff. I am a sucker for those acoustic guitars.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of takes you to like this, like sitting by a, like a fire in, in the in the forest, where the, the bard and an acoustic guitar playing a song it's just very um very folksy i think
0: yeah like like the minstrel is about to start playing uh, you know mordred song for you or something like that yeah i don't know any minstrels but um i assume that's what it sounds like let's put it that <laughs> way I, you know, i'll say one other thing and this this i i love this disc i think that it's a I, I think that i didn't do it justice for years and i'm happy that we revisited it just because i kind of jogged my memory a bit but there's one song in particular which is really fascinating to me. And I remember the first time that I heard it, and I hated it. I've since come around on it. But I want to talk about Bright Eyes for a second. I remember hearing this song and thinking to myself, this is a this is a cover song. And you're probably thinking to yourself, what the hell is he talking about? If you listen to the beginning of Bright Eyes, I think about my favorite hair metal band from the 80s, which is Dokken. And you're going to say, what the hell is the connection? Dokken came out with a song called Dream Warriors. It was actually on one of the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtracks, in addition to their own, uh, obviously their own disc in 1987. That song, Dream Warriors, is essentially the exact intro, at least to my ears, as Bright Eyes. So when I first heard Bright Eyes, I said to myself, this is a Dokken ripoff, but it's not nearly as good. And obviously it goes in its own direction later on. But if you haven't heard, if you listen to the two side by side, and I'd be hard pressed to think that you don't hear the resemblance. Uh, yeah good to, i i never really noticed so maybe yeah, I'll let's go back and, and, and check and, that out. And i'll be honest maybe it's me but i just for some reason i can't put the i i can't distinguish the two at this point because to me they sound so similar but i've come around on the song and it actually is a really really good you know power ballady song that i that i kind of overlooked for years because i hated it when i first heard it but yeah it's top to bottom this this album is just um well worth a listen if you had to choose your track of the week which one are you going with uh this th- when you told me what
1: album we were going to talk about i knew immediately what song i was going to pick and no kidding. and um and after listening to the album twice this week i didn't change my mind uh the script for my requiem is not just my favorite song on this album but it is arguably my favorite Blind Guardian song of all time. And and hearing it live only cemented that choice for me. It's just, I just love it. It's just, fant- just like a phenomenal, epic power metal song. And it has a lot of that early Blind Guardian speed metal guitar work uh, in it. I mean, just, I don't know, just a fantastic song to me. It is. And
0: and so much so that it's, I think that even when they're not touring this album, every time I've seen them, they've played that song. So it's, it's obviously even the band holds it in high regard. And certainly the fans do as well, because it's something that they always give the fans during the live set. If, even if they're going to play one or two songs from imaginations, Script for my Requiem and probably Born in a Morning Hall is as a close second, those are the tracks that they always play from this album. And, and I can't, I can't really say or say that I don't understand why. Um it is that is a great tune. And it's a great live tune, like you said. It's it's just really, really good. And and I and with the album out now obviously being re-released and having the live version just come out, it, it kind of breathes some new life into this album. Uh it's it's got it's it has received quite a bit of acclaim over the years. Um, Loudwire named it uh, the number two power metal disc of all time, which in and of itself should tell you something. And Rock Hard Magazine came out with a list of the 500 greatest rock and metal albums of all time, albeit from 2005. Uh, and this was ranked in the top 500 at number 373. So you know that this album received some great acclaim. Um both when it came out and even to this day, having been named the number two power metal disc of all time, probably not my number two disc. In fact, I know it's not, but I can certainly understand why it receives such high praise. No doubt about it; it belongs on those lists uh, for sure. What What do you rate this on an, on, on a scale of one to ten? This album is a is a nine for me. Wow! That, you know something? I was not I, I was not expecting that, but you know something. I, I guess at this point you'd have to say it, it, it does it, has it eclipsed nightfall as your, as your favorite blind guardian disc or, or are they both like a one a and one B? Yeah. It's it's just because they're very different to me because yeah.
1: nightfall is so much more theatrical with all of the, the interludes and the segues telling the story and everything. So it's, it's not as it, it's a lot more, I guess like up and down. Whereas, this album is pretty much just like, let's just get
0: it all. Like let's cram. Let's, get it, let's just get it out there and get it all. Yeah, out.
1: Let's cram in everything in under 50 minutes as which is, and they succeed. Um, so they're very different albums to me. Um, you know, I think that blind guardian um, their, their production really hit a peak or, or at least like really, got really good with nightfall this this imaginations is still a little bit more raw i think sounding overall than nightfall um but in all honesty like if i were to say like name you know 10 of my all-time favorite blind guardian songs i'd say the majority of those 10 would come off of those two albums so i don't yeah, know that I, 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 I don't know if i would could say i like one better than the other it's it's pretty it's pretty darn
0: close They are very different. And like you said, this is more of just an album that you're going to sit there and enjoy everything. Whereas I think there's a little bit more to take in on an imaginations, but having listened to this, I would have to say that if I was going to go back and listen to something, if I had, if I had an hour and I had to pick one of these albums, I think I'd probably go back to imaginations at this point. It it may have actually eclipsed, um, nightfall just because it's 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 a little bit of an easier listen without the interludes and without the spoken word tracks and stuff like that it's just it's something that you can listen to play straight through and enjoy every track because like you said there's not a bad song on this disc there's not a bad song on here um i I think that if you polled a, a number of people some may say that uh you know script for my requiem is the best track others may say that uh, another holy war is underrated and the best track on the disc i think that if you ask enough people you'd get a number of different answers but that just speaks to how good the album is from start to finish can't
1: again agree, can't, can't agree more on that i I, yeah. I also think that um the previous album somewhere far beyond is worth mentioning as well as another really excellent blind guardian album i put those three albums
0: as my top three Blind Guardian albums Yeah, and it's like you said, it's interesting that they came out one after the other, you know, within within a six year span. To me, uh, this is this is this is as good as it's going to get from from top to bottom. It's a nine for me as well. Uh, And and the only reason I think I hold it in higher esteem than somewhere far beyond is I just thought it was more balanced. Uh, Somewhere far beyond has some of my favorite favorite Blind Guardian tracks on there, but I, I I didn't think that there were any weak songs on this disc. Whereas some of the stuff on, on Somewhere Far Beyond I thought was a little bit of filler. Not that it's bad. It just doesn't hold up to some of the even uh, deeper cuts on this particular album. So, uh, I mean, that's a nine from both of us. I think it's it's as good as it's going to get for a Blind Guardian disc, which says a lot. Uh, and I continue to look forward to hearing them do more stuff as as, as they release you know albums in the future. Right? Because I have no reason to believe that they're done. I think that once they start touring again and once once things pick up, it's going to be business as usual for them
1: absolutely definitely uh
0: yeah and then so obviously that that kind of puts a bow on imaginations next week we do something very very interesting at least to me we're both going to talk about our best of uh, 2020 so nothing nothing no no album in depth next week we're going to do a little bit of a departure but instead we're going to talk about our favorite discs and maybe even some lowlights uh from from 2020 which was a really really interesting year uh, at least for me and i'll, and I'll tell you um I listened to a ton of new albums this year. Coming up with a list of 50 was actually really, really hard because I thought that there were a lot of good, albeit I don't think that there was anything revolutionary this year, just a lot of really good discs.
1: Yeah, putting this uh, list together, I'm actually still working on mine, but um, it's not easy. Um, There was just a lot of really, really strong releases that I enjoyed quite a bit. So um, I'll definitely be spending... Uh, the next week, kind of curating and finalizing my list, uh, I'm hoping to get at least my top 25. But um, you know, I guess we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I, 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 I could probably list 50 albums I really enjoyed this year, but
0: putting them in an order is is really really hard. Is. So um, yeah, I I don't disagree. We just we, we want to make sure. You know, it's funny we have. We, with the feedback that we've gotten, which has been fantastic, we've, we kind of have two different camps that listen to our show. We have people that have, you know, been really firmly entrenched in the, in the metal world, so to speak, for, for years, if not decades. And they kind of get a kick out of listening to, you know, our opinions and and what we like and and what, and whether or not they agree or disagree. And then you have other people that are kind of just getting into this stuff either for the first time, or maybe they became a little disenchanted with the scene and, and are just coming back and they kind of are going back to stuff that they either missed or stuff that they just never heard uh, for one reason or another. And you know, it's it's we're getting a lot of good feedback from them as well, just saying you know we we you know we love your deep dives into some of these albums. And then obviously next next week we'll do something very different where you're gonna get a you're gonna kind of get a snippet of of a lot of discs that we both heard this year and and recommendations that are definitely at least in our mind worth checking out so uh we we think that'll be a nice uh, a nice change of pace and then we'll head into the into the rest of uh 2021 with you picking out an album for uh the following week which I look forward to i also think it should be
1: interesting too uh because so far i feel like um our opinions on all the albums we've discussed have been fairly similar as far as like rating the albums go and i think next week uh the people who listen will really get
0: to see where you and I differ in terms of what we gravitate towards. You no, know, we obviously we talk offline and, and, and one album, which I know is going to be really, really high for you. And I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there as a spoiler. There's an, there's an album that you've been raving about pretty much since it came out earlier this year. And it's an album which I've struggled with because I've listened to it a lot and I just, it's just not cracking the surface for me. And it's the new L storm album, Um, that's just one of the many examples without, without giving away too much, but I have a feeling it's going to be in your top five, maybe your top 10, but for me, it's not even in my top 50 for the year. So I, I I think that we're going to have some nice, some interesting conversation to take us into, uh, into the new year. It'll be, it'll be interesting to say the least. Right. And we're definitely
1: not going to discuss anything beforehand. So, um, I think it'll make for some really interesting conversation. And I think not, prepping each other makes it all the more all the more uh you know real i guess would be the best yeah way to put for it. sure
0: i have I, I like i said that's just speculation on my part based on some of the hints that you've dropped you know months ago but uh we'll we'll see when we'll see when the list drops next week. For everyone that's out there, please give us a, a, a five-star review if we think we if you think we deserve it. Feel free to interact with us on any of the social media platforms. We check that stuff on a regular basis. And uh we look uh we look forward to bringing you uh new new episodes each and every week. So thank you. Uh have a happy happy healthy uh new year and we'll we'll see you we'll see you in January
1: 2021. Yeah, 2020 was uh <laughs> a challenging year to say the least for uh Pretty, pretty much everybody. So uh, we're gonna wrap a bow on it with this uh, Blind Guardian episode, and um, and then when we come back, it'll be 2021. We'll talk about all the albums from 2020, which were definitely a highlight of a low year, I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, and uh, we're gonna start start out fresh. And uh, you know, we hope to be having at least 52 new. Episodes for you next year and beyond. So um, that's that's our goal, and uh, I, I just want to say uh, thanks to everybody that's reached out and had positive comments. And um, I've personally really enjoyed doing this. It's been a, a highlight of the end of uh, the end of this year. So um, you know, I just uh, I want to say thanks to you for uh, pitching the idea to me and 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 uh, convincing me to do this because this has been very very fun for me.
0: Same here bud. I look forward to doing uh you know something new next year and uh, obviously if there's anything that you want to hear hit us up and we'll uh, we'll try to take requests as we as we get deeper into the new year. Uh let's put a bow on 2020 and look ahead to uh to more exciting times. Absolutely. Take it easy, bud. Take care.